This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com slash ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com slash ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal, but I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You are listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 388, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. I'm the one you gon' meet, hear a terrified scream, sticks around my team, all you see is trails of blood, either God won't intervene, nightmares of darkness, my appetite is heartless, even if we relate it, you eliminate it regardless, in the deep blue, underwater walls, half man, half shark, my jaws don't fall, deepest blue is my hand is like a shark's feet, deepest blue is my hand is like a shark's feet. Hello, welcome to the Fanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 388. My name is Connor Gilpatrick, and joining me and baking on the East Coast are Paul Montgomery. Hello. 
And Josh Flanagan. Less than a week ago, it was below freezing. Well, I'm sorry. You should be. Are you using plastic still? (laughs) (laughs) We've talked about this. (laughs) I run my. You gotta get rid of all the the plastic. I wanna, I I wanna cry out for H2O, but Josh is gonna make fun of the way I pronounce it because I live in Philadelphia. (laughs) It's so hot. I can't do that. We are fanboy.com. We like oh. comics. We read comics. Every week we read a bunch of comics. One of us picks the best book and writes about it before the onset of dementia due to heat. On the website, we talk about... <laughs> Hundreds of people just said, you can't do any accent. Uh, we, talk about, we talk about that book, the other books of the week, other topics of interest, uh, all on this very fine show. Before we get to the rest of the show, though, quick reminder and a warning, it's a review show, so we'll be balls deep in a story. And if you... Uh, just went with it. Full shaft. Decided to go with it. If you haven't read the books, then you will not have a good time. I threw myself off. Uh, so, spoilers. <laughs> this week, Paul Montgomery had the pick. Take it away. Okay. All right. So, The Wake, number one by Scott Snyder and Sean Murphy, did not focus nearly enough on eugenics as I'd hoped. Um, I think given some of the things on the cover, I was I was hoping for a bit of that, uh, some stuff with dolphins and people uh, married together in, in wonderful, wonderful eugenics. But no, this is this is the start of a new series, and it's it's very reminiscent of if you love things like The Thing or Alien or Jurassic Park, where they bring together scientists of different walks of life and different studies. And we all know, you know, we know scientists. We know people like Reinhardt. They're messed up. They're strange. They're evil. They have weird, I wouldn't say evil, but they like they're, to splice things together that don't belong together. They, well, that's a branch of science that I kind of appreciate. Like but, peanut butter and jelly. Right. But they, 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 they wear inappropriate boots. In it's the like they've social de- situation. They've, devo- <laughs> they've devoted in fanny packs, they've devoted all Huge of their lives. Huge hikers. All of their lives to the study of something very specific in most cases. And so we've got a cetologist like the uh, Seventh Heaventh Mom who was in um, uh, Voyage Home, Star Trek IV, uh, right. in Dr. Archer. She's our protagonist. And she has been summoned to this research station uh, by this big, bulking uh, G-Man kind of dude who says, hey, have you heard this noise before? And she has because it's something that robbed uh, someone she held very dear to her a while ago from her. The ocean took this person, and she heard this strange noise that sounded kind of like whale singing. And um, ever since then, she's been... Um, I think she's, I don't think she's been searching for what that was. I think she's been trying to avoid that and just trying to go about her research and, and hang out with uh, big whales and stuff. And um, But she's been called, she's been summoned to this place and with a promise that she can get custody of her son, uh, who does not live with her, and uh, you can tell that she loves him very dearly and misses him. Um, they have a little conversation over kind of like Skype video. And anyways, um, she's summoned in this place and thrust into this this environment with a bunch of different scientists. There's a folklore guy who is also dressed like someone from Star Trek Four, um, <laughs> and then a guy who is just called Meeks, and he doesn't say what his specialty is. He looks kind of like a vampire, and he wears like this weird fur coat. And um, there's a previous boss of hers who used to work at a at an Oceanic Institute, um, and he's not happy that she's there. Um, but there's something down there. There's something beneath the ocean, and they've got to find out what it is. Um, and so it that's the basic a, setup. A, it was missing a hip hop chef. Would really yeah. feel a lot better if <laughs> say that there was a guy who cooked, but who also rapped. I'm not saying it had to be a little cool, Jay, but it's a missed opportunity. Hey, he survives that movie. He's the only one. Give him credit. Which is which is which is which is a great little science fiction 
trope joke. Yes. Yeah, it could use a little bit more Jeff Goldblum. Uh, <laughs> dinosaurs. The the the, the fish man. So there, we basically have a team. We have a team assembled in an underwater facility investigating some strange, some strange beings. So it's a bit, a bit sci-fi, a bit horror, a bit. Uh, yeah, and it's a it's a familiar formula, but I think comfortable, cozy formula. But then there's also touches of some other things that that shows us this book is going to go much larger, loftier places. In that it opens um, two hundred years in the future. Right. And there's a there's a woman hang gliding and she's got blue hair. But they're still using HDMI, which is really interesting. Well that's that's the present day. Or yeah, it's, HDMI is present day. Oh, yeah. Slightly. Oh. That's the second part. That's that's um that's still with Dr. Archer and oh, right. so they're talking okay. about HDMI cable. That so makes more sense. I don't know if that's present day or if that's like maybe like, you know, that's next a, year or something. It's that kind of near future. But then the the opening thing is two hundred years in the future and sort of um, cities have been devoured by the ocean, and there's this researcher hanging out with a dolphin who's got some instruments on him, and uh, they work together, and all of a sudden the ocean rears up, and it's this it's this shape, it's this form of like a big, like a giant coming out of the water, and I don't know if it's made out of water or if it's um, something under the water that's coming up. Well, clearly, we clearly shit's going down. Shit's going down at in the future. At some point, and it's not going to turn out well for any of us. Yeah. Unless we're really hot and would enjoy the giant tidal wave brought on by the monster, which I'm you might have at this point. A week ago it was below freezing, and today it's 96. <laughs> I loved this. I, I, this was great. Uh, not uh, a little bit because of Sean Murphy's art, which we, we haven't seen since uh, Punk, punk oh, Rock. Jesus, just, yeah. Didn't end that long ago, but it was, it was sort of had an unfinished uh, punk rock quality to it. This was, a, this was very polished. It's colored. Um, looks great. Just, just looks a, great. Is that a stormtrooper in the last panel? In the last panel, with the with the caveman. Pretty sure that's a stormtrooper. It looks kind of like it. So clearly, there's some things going on here. There's a, they, they, the big reveal is that there's a, they've they've got some sort of creature held captive in this in this facility. The creature is very deadly because, as we see when they arrive, there's somebody who's been disfigured from an attack by the creature and uh, very brutally. And so it's there's like lots a of very, things going on. It's like a very evil version of Abe Sapien, but he's got like yeah. like a mer person, like the bottom he's got half. A creature from the Black Lagoon thing going yeah, on. Yeah, too. yeah, he does. Um, and so, and there's also, it looks like there's some dudes who are maybe zombified or um, out of control. He's got a crazy eye. And so there's there's a bit of that going on in the station, and that that sort of just crops up in the in the end of this issue. Um, but I think we're off to a very cool start. I I love this um, the Lee Archer character that she's you know uh, a smart uh, scientist, and she's got this this past that she's trying to get away from, but she wants the kid. It's a it's just it's a very it's a very classic kind of like a movie setup, mm-hmm. but there's these hints that there's something much bigger. Um, and you know, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Well, it spans thousands of years. The epilogue is ten thousand years in the past. The, the prologue is two hundred years in the future. So this is clearly a story that uh, has some ramifications. Yeah, I, so. I, I just, I just like that. It, uh, it, it, I feel like it's a Vertigo book, and it like, feels like I, a Vertigo book. Yeah, I, I was just, I was just happy. I was like, oh, a, a new Vertigo story. That's that's something I can get behind. Yeah, I mean, I, we were talking last week about, you know, the Vertigo book you liked in The Unwritten was getting, you know, a crossover with another Vertigo book that you haven't been reading for a while. Yeah. And it's a little bit incestuous where this is something fresh, but it still feels like 
Vertigo. Feels like a Vertigo book, and yeah. and we don't get a lot of new ones anymore because people don't buy them. So uh, so this is this is fun uh, in in that sense. It was a it was a nice uh, diversion from the from the from the standard, but obviously with with uh, talent we sort of know and and, and you can you can tell that Scott Snyder really does like this kind of story. I mean, it's, it's, I, he's very tuned into it. I mean, I'm I'm I, I miss American Vampire. I like you know. I I like Batman just fine, but I like that kind of work that he did a lot more. Yeah, I think uh, the thing is, it's like I I I really appreciate American Vampire, and I do miss and I do look forward to it coming back um, eventually. But it, it's not the vampire stuff that I miss. It's no. and it's not even necessarily the horror that I miss. It's just his understanding of psychology and um and the character work and the, the stuff, the world he sort of built around everything. This gorgeous, horrible is going to happen to one of those people. Gorgeous oh, yeah. art. I'm looking at that double page whale shot from the beginning. Yeah, just yeah. just wonderful. You know what else is wonderful? Seeing Superman this week. Oh yeah. Not not the movie, uh, but the character in the Adventures movie? of Super Adventures of Superman number one, which is the uh, collection of the digital shorts that they put out on DC.com. Um, we had the Chris Somney Jeff Parker story. We had the Jeff Lemire story, and then we had the Justin Jordan and Riley Rossmo story. And oh, it's just wonderful. Yeah, I mean the, that first story, the Jeff Parker Chris Samney story, that is Superman. I mean, clearly they, I mean, Som, Somney is perfect, but clearly Jeff Parker gets what super, makes Superman Superman, and uh, and I, I actually loved all three stories, but this was just this was a great, great. Yeah, this I did was, too. You made me think that I wasn't gonna like the uh, the the, well, third the one. Bizarro story, but I actually really did like the Bizarro. I like that one a lot too. Yeah, and I think I think uh, this is this the first time that Riley Rosmo's done. "Quote unquote mainstream work." Don't hold me to it, but maybe I don't it know about. Great, it looked really good. Like I, you know what? I'll tell you something. If there was a regular Superman book like this with three short stories in it, I would there sign is. up for that. That's it's this one. Well, does this come out regularly? Yeah, it's the it's the digital. I mean, it's the digital shorts. I, I've been right. reading the Batman one for a year now. Well, good. I'm glad to know that because I will continue to read this. This was one. What I'm saying is, I liked it. Yeah, and they have, what's great about it is, is these are guys that, for whatever reason, DC's never going to put on a regular book about Superman. So you're going to, you know, like Declan Shalvey's got a story coming up and all kinds of, you know, great artists who... who this is where should, they put the talented people who, who, can't, who can't hack it in the mainstream of their stuff. Talented people who don't fit the DC uh, house style, apparently. But I don't know why Jeff Parker and Chris Samney don't have a Superman book, other than the fact that Chris Samney's doing Daredevil. But, yeah, this was, a, this was a struggle for me. Um, as, you, as you alluded, I did not like the third one. I did not like the, the Bizarro story. I'm actually I'm kind of surprised that you guys did, cause I, uh, especially Connor, because I know you don't... I hate Bizarro, like but, Bizarro it, this, but, but a lot of it was made up for the fact that it was a gorgeous story. It was right. really... I love the, the Riley Rossmo art. And it, it's a short, so I can put up with Bizarro for eight or nine pages. Yeah, and I'll say this was close. This was, this was... I mean, I was actually rooting for this to be pick of the week, but and if it was just the first two stories... Um, even if it was just, you know, if, if, you know, if the, uh, if just the Jeff Parker and Chris Omni story was eligible, this might've been pick of the week this week, but the, the, I think the Bizarro story just had soured me on it. And, um, maybe that's, maybe that's a bit unfair, but, um, I thought that there was just the right amount of Bizarro in the, uh, Jeff Lemire story. Um, cool. and, it was, and that's was a good way of handling that. But then I was like, oh, and now we're going to do a whole Bizarro story and it just didn't work for me. 
we're sh- we're sh- we're shorting Jeff Lemire that we hadn't really mm-hmm. we hadn't yes. mentioned it, but uh, this was a this was a, a Superman story, and B it was a re- like a return to Essex County. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean that that the just... kid with the you know with a towel tied around yeah. his neck like like which could be any kid it was and me. then yeah and it's then not... give him and then give him a friend in there and it's the thing that you know I I definitely did when I was a kid and just um you're you're playing make believe but then it's also it, it turns into a bit of an argument like who gets to be who you know who gets to be the cowboy or the Indian who gets to be you know the pirate or the privateer or whatever and and you look at you look at that drawing that Lemire did of Superman on the last two pages and and that face love it. Yeah, it's something you're never going to see. Like, it harkens back to, like, you look, they have a hard house style now, but, like, when they hired Jack Kirby in the 70s, they didn't want him to draw Superman. They had they had Kurt Swan redo his faces because yeah. they didn't want him to look like this. They didn't want him to look interesting. Yeah. He, looks, he looks like a prize fighter. He looks like yeah. he's, he's been through some some battles, some bouts, and um, but there's still there's still a heart to him. He doesn't look, he doesn't look, he doesn't look hard. Like, he doesn't look like, you know, like, grizzled he just looks like he's been been beat up a bit but for 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 our sake mm-hmm. um and the thing is the thing and, and that what that encapsulates which i think the entire issue encapsulates is the feeling of superman which has been lost yes. a little bit you know that you know he's just sort of in the lemire story he's just sort of hanging out on this barn listening to these kids play superman and uh in the first story it's all about the heroism of, and the hope of superman and in the third story he's running around saving the day but there's just a there's just this feeling of hope and inspiration that has been lost in the character that that DC puts out now, and this was a return to that. Flip back uh, to flip back to the uh, the Somni story and and that that great page where Superman is holding up that car or that truck yeah. that's just been thrown to save those uh, those guys, and you know you get the top of that page where you're showing the strength of Superman, but then you go down the bottom and you've got that one where he just has the, those dot eyes and he's holding up his hands and you see the the gentility of superman mm-hmm. like where he's just trying he's trying to negotiate and talk this guy down we've got this crazy uh amped up heroin addict uh who's been given um this uh, uh special drug. special blend by lex luther and, and his people and um uh, i hope we get to see more of this story actually because it's a it's a nice cliffhanger if it ends there you know fine but i don't i don't know exactly how this works i know for the next several weeks, it's going to be all different creators and stuff. But I would love to every, see. These I think two. every week, every it's a different story. I mean, it'd be nice if they came back. I, but. I'll tell you, I'll tell you something. We're all gonna. It's 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 really easy to talk about um, Chris Somney on this, but I if, starting to feel like Jeff Parker might be the perfect guy to write Superman. He totally is. We mentioned oh, no, this. Yeah, we absolutely. mentioned this a while ago. As I mean, he really like he's got a a now and then sensibility to him that I think he does really in this story, for example, like. When you look at it first, you think it's going to be really simple, but it's actually it's actually pretty. You know, the guy dies. There's a, there's a whole drug thing going on. You know, and Superman is he's a he's a little put upon, but he's also got that that hopeful thing going on. Um, it's also it's kind of telling to say that it's it's sort of a, a throwback feel to Superman, and it and it it gives you that warm and fuzzy feeling, but it's also about a, a heroin addicts. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like that's that's an interesting dichotomy. Um, but I really it like totally that- works. I really like that Somni actually adopted a different style. If you look at sort of the body mm-hmm. type of of Superman, that's not how he's drawing. It's a bit more cartoony. Daredevil. Yeah, no, I I I was Your little legs. Big, I was tickled. Yeah, chest. I was I was just I really enjoyed this. And the, and I think the reason that the third story worked for me fine was cuz A it was really short, but B you know, it, it's just it was it was just a, a moment. It was just watching a thing of of him, you know, like he smiles at the end, he's happy and you you know yeah, he managed. He managed to save the day and also save Bizarro. And yeah, 
turn him into a hero, which I really liked a lot. Yeah, it was it was it was it was simple, and it was but it, and it was cute, but it was it wasn't annoying. And it was it, it, like you said, it was a way of showing Superman everybody wins in the final line because he made, yeah. he found a way to save the day by helping everybody, not just the punching hurting. did not work. Yeah. Um, Dark Avengers one ninety, the last issue from from Jeff Parker there. Yeah, uh, I kept thinking that uh, uh, that this was over, but it was not. Except now it is. Um, it, it really is one of those like they just sort of let them run it out. And and I think one of the really fun things about this is that it's just a character story. I mean, I've been saying this all along since since it was Thunderbolts and since it uh, turned to Dark Avengers. It actually explained, you know, when it went to Dark Avengers, it sold more. And and they and they sort of let them uh, run out Branding. the clock on it, huh? Branding. No, yeah, absolutely. And it was like, who knew? Um, but you know, he created this whole pocket universe, this whole world. He had an explanation for it. He had a fix for it. Um, and we got to kind of, I don't know. I've I've seen things where they use these characters and other things, and I I didn't care about it. Um, but but it was kind of you got to who, know them all the a little bit. Uh Scar, son of Hulk, uh, John Walker, U.S. agent, who is who's been in it all along, but he got restored. Um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Moonstone, still, although she keeps wearing different clothes. So, and then um, Ragnarok, the Thor clone, who they gave a different look to finally, because before he looked exactly like Thor. And they go to this different universe where, um, wait, like Clor su- or yeah, Clor, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, all the all the superheroes are fighting with each other in Manhattan. Basically, it's like Reed Richards versus Doctor Strange, who's evil, and Tony Stark, who's gone insane. He's just a brain with with a bunch of suits of armor. Like it's completely out there. It's everything that uh, Parker does is great. great and pot. Yes, but it's everything that's great and possible with these Marvel characters. And it, it it feels like it's a Marvel Universe story that that is going on in a place that that unfortunately I don't think a lot of people are going to read. But the the more you know, and, and the art was the art was good. It did its job. There was a ton of uh, designing that had to be done for all these new versions of characters. It wasn't. It didn't blow you away, but that kind of worked in its favor. Uh, I think it's Neil Edwards. Like it, it just this this comic book kind of could have taken place at any. It could have come out at any time in the last twenty years. It would just be one of those good stories that you kind of remembered reading. It was fun and. You know, like the last page is just a huge, and I don't let most people get away with this, but the last page is just a, a huge splash page of them running and 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 U.S. agent yelling to victory, but I don't know where because they're just in the street in Manhattan. Normal, <laughs> they're, they're, day. They're, you know, they realized they were near Grace Papaya. Yeah, I guess Ragnarok is about to smash, <laughs> and there was some, no line. Someone's so car. They, they started running. Yeah, and and then they're going to realize like I only have four dollars, but they raised the recession <laughs> special. Um and and there's a great there's a great bit at the end where it's all a bunch of uh, aim scientists fault and and they all just they all just put their hands up like we're sorry we we surrender we we realize we did the calculations and we'll not resist and just these these nerdy dudes in yellow suits <laughs> again scientists ruin everything is what we're learning yeah yeah totally. anyways uh-huh. it was it's been a pretty long run overall and and uh pretty much all of it was 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 entertaining it had its ups and downs for sure but uh. You know, it was, it was, a, it was, a, this really is the end I checked. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those, it was kind of a good long form, uh, Marvel story that didn't really affect anything else and stayed in its own world and, uh, recommended for fun. Last time we talked about Captain America, uh, we, we mentioned a little bit how the story's been really good. We've been enjoying it, but it's just been, it's been going on long. We're ready for it to be over. Um, 
before the, I read issue seven, I saw that recommender tweeted that nine and ten are really the issues that will set up his Captain America. Like this will be the where you see where he's going to go. Like if Cap's going to come back from this this situation and really going to set up his Cap for the new you know millennium or whatever you want to call it. Uh, so now that, that's when I realized he was basically breaking him down as much as he can in this issue uh, or the story. And that's I really I'm still really enjoying it, but I'm okay with the length of it because he really has to take Cap down deep in order to build him back up to where he wants him to be. Uh, it doesn't feel, it does not feel uh, too, it didn't feel too long, this one, I guess is what I'm saying. No, I really enjoyed it. It's just, I, I, I get now what he's doing. This is another one that feels completely out of time. Mm-hmm. Like, you look Literally. and read this, this comic, and you, you know, he's out of time, but the comic doesn't, doesn't feel like it's from any particular era. Um, and I just like that, I don't, I can't think of anybody who's taken Steve Rogers quite so far in such a long time. Like, it's, I find it very bold. Um, and I, and I found myself wondering, I'm like, what are they going to do with all this when it's over? Like, is he going to remember this stuff? Is, is they're going to, you know, he's been there for like, you know, at 10 years or more or something like that. Yeah. And that's really, you know, it's kind of telling, I mean, cause you, we don't think about that when we're going through one of the big events with, you know, with Steve, like, how's he going to, you know, how's he going to cope with this afterwards? This is, but this is, this is a different kind of trauma, a different kind of uh heady experience for a person to go through because it's more personal it's more emotional he's got this this kid that he's become this surrogate father to um who ends up shooting him in the end and uh i included in best panels of the week this week the uh this this him talking about his dad mm-hmm. um well, it's, it's not a recommender book unless there's an asshole father <laughs> i mean let's let's call a spade a spade now this happens to be a subject that i really like uh reading about so it doesn't bother me but uh <laughs> I was just like, damn. I was just like, you know, yeah. like even though they're basically living in hell, like it's he's, apocalypse. He's still able to bring it down even further by yeah. talking about his own dad and back in back in the real world and and um taking a drink and disappearing, which is just such a that's such a haunting way to put it that a, that a man became so downtrodden that he actually disappeared, like ceased to exist. Last year, last week, we talked about uh, Nathan Edmondson's uh, right girl gets taken on a run, and and that Rick Remender's version of that is the alcoholic father, and it's it's <laughs> it's literally in all of it, which um, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. good. I, I I'm getting I'm coming to terms with the fact that Ramita's drawing Cap with a small shield. <laughs> it's been bugging me for a while. <laughs> that's how Dad but, did it. <laughs> the shield's a little small for my taste, but that's okay. I would have never my, noticed that. My, I'm a, I'm I just a, keep looking at these pages. Go, this is. This is what this is what he should be drawing. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like he just fits this so well. I love the the, the moment he's he's climbing the building and there's this great panel where uh the the thing comes out and pushes him out and he's using that tiny little shield, you know, to protect himself yeah. uh in the air and then they, they fall a bunch of stories down. Um and that's such a that that's actually an, an instance where um I I read this digitally and actually reading it in panel view actually really helped because they started with the close up of his face and then they pull out and show this full body you know thing where he's being tackled um by a by a creature much larger than himself and I really, um, I really like the the panel before that the it's the last panel on the page and you see the the creature coming at the window yeah and it's yeah, drawn yeah. really simply. You know, it's just barely sort of penciled and there's no detail about it, it's just an outline. Yep. Yeah. And then and then uh and then it makes that the impact of that next one. 
Yeah, There's so many just... great storytelling panels in this one. That that page where they come out of the window, it's basically one page. The whole page is a fall. But Good it's stuff. cool. Yeah. You know, I think we should keep the um, theme of scientists ruining everything going by talking about Archie 644, the final chapter of the Glee crossover in which uh, Dilton from the Archie universe accidentally opens a wormhole up between the Archie universe and the Glee universe and characters have been swapped over. And this issue, they they put it all back. And uh, Paul, I think there's a lot of dodgy science in this one. There is. Um, <laughs> the character of Chuck, I believe, in the beginning, mm-hmm. um, yeah. is basically worked this out that there's this parallel universe thing going by going back and reading his old comics. Yeah. Um, so he's figured out how parallel worlds work, and um, I, I like the fact that they're they're knowingly pointing to how much of a trope this is that this yeah. is this is a, tr- a grand tradition and you can read about it all in comics they're not pretending that this is the only time this has ever happened which is so often the case with parallel world stories um so well, you I, mentioned say garrick and barry allen yeah so what was that the last issue i can't remember but he mentioned so that. it's um it's interesting and then so you have this this mashup of there's some glee characters who are in in riverdale and then some of the archie characters you know, over in, in Lima. And it's, uh, it, uh, it makes a lot of sense. Like, <laughs> like the, the parallels like those characters together, yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, and, I, I really think that Darren Parent deserves a lot of credit for the, for the art. Um, yeah. you know, the, the Glee characters all look like themselves without being overwhelming. You could recognize who everybody is when they're on the page. Um, I just, this has just been so like delightfully demented to use an Archie alliteration. Um, <laughs> it is. I've really enjoyed it. The, I love the idea that in, in the past couple of issues that it wasn't that if an Archie person touched a Glee person, the world would collapse. It was if they kissed. So they had to constantly keep everybody from kissing. And of course, then Betty was seduced by Puck. And that brought all the trouble around. They and I, the I love that it's not just like a cute crossover. Like there's some, I mean, even though it's not hard science and it's like, and it's not even fringe science, it's like, the the planets are going to collide and you can look up in the sky and see this giant alternate earth crashing in and yeah, no, I love it. and i and they also play into you know archie's whole thing with uh memory lane where he's he gets sung to sleep by rachel right <laughs> I, lo- I love that the idea that well clearly archie and finn are um compatriots in their universes so if they both sleep at the same time they'll meet in the dream verse and be able to talk to each other uh, I like that it's no like sense. I like that it's sort of they made it canonical awesome. that that Archie's alternate like in another reality is is Finn like yeah. they're the same person just in different worlds. Um, this is up there with you know Star Trek and uh, and the X Men. <laughs> I, I really did enjoy this quite a bit. They should do more stuff. Like this is more fun. Yeah, I, I I really didn't know what to expect, but then uh, on your your urging, I read this and I was like, this is this is a pretty smart way to do this. Um, I was There's impressed. even some touching bits like that. I, I loved the whole Jughead and Sue, Sue Sylvester relationship. <laughs> it's funny you know? to say, but yeah. It is funny to say. And the fact that he leaves his crown behind, so she's got his crown in the Glee world. Yeah, he was worried that if something happened and he like ceased to exist or he died, like his crown would be there for legacy. <laughs> He's like, legacy, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good, good stuff. Um, Fury Max. Really switching gears. I uh, I thought Fury Max, this was one of the best issues, and this was my pick of the week. Fury Max 12. Um, it's really heady stuff. 
I mean, this this book really lays bare the gray area that is politics and war and and life. And there's, a man, there's, and a man uh, who is a, a soldier as part of his sort of career and being like he's he is war. Right. But even he can't reconcile what's going on. He I know. can't fix it. He can't figure out how to beat it. War was simple to him in the 40s when he fought the Nazis. And it's become progressively less simple. And it could just be he's getting old and like war's always been less simple. Or it could be like world, the world is changing. But he runs up against this Barracuda guy in, in, in El Salvador. Who or kicks Nicaragua, a decapitated sorry, baby corpse. Yeah. Which and is, he can't beat him. He decapitates it by kicking it? Or it had no, already, it been... already if you remember the end of the last issue. Yeah. Um he can't beat him. He just can't. It's the first, you know, he's he just realizes what the situation is. He can't win. So he goes home and then he has a and there's a great scene between him and his, you know, longtime would be girlfriend. There's a great scene between him and this and the their evil senator. And it's all really Ennis's ruminations on the state of the world and you know, and the harsh realities of the world. Just fascinating. That's happening in a Marvel comic, and it was really subtle. Yeah, like it's like some again. We we've talked about uh, Parlov a lot, but so much of it is told by oh the the, the shot of him, the one oh. shot of where the only time we've seen Nick Fury be vulnerable in the entire series is is the one silent panel when he looks at the girl as she's drinking her drink, and he he sort of opens up to her for a second, and she doesn't take the bait, and he just looks at her very sadly, and then he he bails. Just heartbreaking. Yeah, great, yeah, great. I mean, like just the facial expressions and and uh, and body language through that whole scene are are, are pretty great. And he gives up <laughs> on that. He goes, well, all, you know, and then he goes and he gets his late sort of pointless revenge, I guess. Yep. Uh, you know, because that's the only thing he can do. It it really this has been amazing. Yeah. I, I'm I'm really amazed that this book exists. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to the final issue. I'm sad, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad no, I, it's going to be like a story. No, I think there's. No, I don't think it's, that's good. I, it's fine. Have a good ending rather than rather yeah, than bringing any, anyone who's all at all interested in politics or war or the state of the world. I mean, it's not really a superhero book, but it's very interesting. Is there anybody that could bring on to this to be like starting with issue fourteen, new Imperial Max writer? <laughs> like, like there isn't. Like there's nobody. No. That you'd no. be like, oh, okay, I'll check that out. This is one of the best books I've read ten, in the last ten years. Scott Lobdell and Brett Booth, Fury 14. Don't call it a comeback. A man has a relationship with a woman. It's the same thing with me. I mean, I have a relationship with my public, you know, and relationships have ups and downs. Uh, all right, so X-Men number one. I was really looking forward to this. This is uh, Brian Wood and uh, Quapel doing, uh, doing the Lady X-Men. And um, I wasn't as in love with it as a lot of people seem to be. Um, I really enjoyed it. I didn't really? love it, but I really okay. enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was a fun romp. Um, I think that right now the X-Men books are firing on a lot of good cylinders, and I'm, I'm enjoying four of them. And I'm not reading them all. The ones I'm reading, I'm really enjoying. And this is another one I think I'm probably going to continue reading at least as long as the, the fun factor holds up in the art. There are a lot up. of them. Yeah, and they're good. And yeah. I'm reading Wolverine X-Men, Old New X-Men, Uncanny X-Men, and X-Men, X-Ladies. Yeah, and, I, th- I don't uh, know. I, th- I think maybe the, maybe the ba- the bar is kind of high with with I- I've really been liking you know Uncanny X Men and all new X Men, which is just a bizarre thing to be coming out of my mouth. Um, but so then this, but then I d- I didn't dislike this. It's just um, it, it came in third for me. 
Um, and then well, sure, but those are great Wolverine the Xbox too. I mean, you can still really enjoy something that's third of through two, behind two great things. That's that's, that's absolutely true. Um, I love, I, it feels very much of a piece. I, I feel like these books all fit together really well, and not necessarily um, continuity wise or story wise, but of it feels thematically they all they all fit together, and it feels like they would all exist together. Just the camera keeps swinging from. We're over here now. Can't swing the camera to this yeah, side. Yeah, and I like that there. approach. I like that it does. It uh, so someone mentioned that uh, it's it's great that it's not just like every like all the men X Men are off on a mission or they're in a coma or something. It's just like we see Beast here. It's got his back turned. It, this just happens to be an adventure, you know, with the with the Lady X Men with you know with Rogue with Storm, uh, Jubilee. Uh, it's Rachel Gray, right? Um, I'm new, so Psylocke, Rachel Summers. Psylocke, Rachel Summers. Rachel Gray is something else. Doesn't matter. Psylocke. I like that. I, I, we're actually at a point in the X Men where most of these characters are actually, they're actually sort of the most powerful veterans that mm-hmm. are around. Like, there's nobody, you know, between Psylocke and Storm and Kitty Pride. Like, they're all pretty much class A. Rogue, when she has the right. Yeah, and Rogue. I, I forget about her because I've never cared about her for even a half a second. But uh, you know, like they're, they're all like they're, they're all the ones that can, they can handle anything. There's no, mm-hmm. there's no tokenism about them, I suppose, and that, and that's one of the reasons that makes this work. They're not elevating some character who doesn't really mean anything because they already have these sort of A-list characters ready to go, um, and you can just get going with the story. You don't even he doesn't even have to explain. There's no like. Uh, uh, you know, uh, explanation at the beginning that's like, well, you know, actually, Kitty's powers are pretty strong. Like, you just you can just know that and move along. Nice. Yeah, good stuff. I, I did enjoy it. I didn't I didn't super love it, but I did enjoy it. I got the Scotty Young cover, which was amazing, and it's beautiful too. I like the yeah. way he. I really like the way he draws uh, Jubilee, um, like going through the airport. Like she's like haggard, like like she's been she's been through this this thing. She's with got this a kid. baby with her. That's yeah, what it feels kid. like, right? Exactly. No, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, she just flew across the world with an infant. Right. No. No. That's yeah. That takes and, fucking superpowers. No, but I so I so I love this the 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 body language and um so that was yeah I, I thought this was this was a good start so I'm I'm looking forward to the rest. Um, Josh, you wanted to talk about Earth Two Annual Number One and the new Batman. Yeah, I just I have no idea what Batman's doing there. I just sort of jumped in. I hadn't been reading this. Right. I just sort of read this one for the hell of it, and uh, I was kind of surprised to. I, I was I was into the Al Pratt story. Mm-hmm. He's just he's just a sad dude, and I, 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 I this actually feels like Justice Society, even though these characters are a lot sort of younger and haven't been through it. They're not the same people. Like it, it definitely has that slightly other feel. It's its spirit of Justice yeah. Society. Um, so I can't it's... say I know a whole, whole. You know, like I don't I don't know much about. Do we, do we know anything about this Batman? No. This is the first no. time we've seen him. Okay. I don't, I don't really, you know, that wasn't the part of it that really appealed to me. That's why a lot of people are going to buy it, I guess. Um, I also really like the bit at the end. I want to know what's going to happen with Mr. Miracle and Big Barda. Yeah, I, like really, that they I like that they're not, they trust each other, but not really. Like I like that they're sort of at the beginning of their relationship. Yeah. Because yeah. um, we've, we've seen sad. the alternative. I mean, we've, we've seen them together and lovey-dovey and stuff. So this is a different way of about that what's um, funny is that the 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 mystery of batman was supposed to play out for a while and i don't know how much longer <laughs> that, yeah. uh robinson's got so i don't know but it's but it is impressive to see that spirit of justice society distilled from the ben gay smell which i thought you had to have for it to be justice society and so <laughs> i've been proven wrong yeah you can still be young and be justice society yeah. yeah it was it was a nice little for for, the, for another couple of months <laughs> 
We'll see. It's fine. It's fine. Paul, Smallville season 11 special. I could totally do with a Batman, John Jones team up book set. This is great. Um, there's a little bit of Superman in the beginning. Um, like a scene. Like, like, a, like a scene just so he's just so he's there. Just his endorsement of this thing. And then it's, you know, this armored Batman um, who looks a bit like Christian Bale, the way they draw him out of costume. Um, with uh, uh, Babs right. as Nightwing. Mm-hmm. And it's a uh, it's kind of like they they simplified all of the relationships, but it still works. Mm-hmm. You know, like you don't need all of the Robin stuff like that. That all works with with Barbara. And um, it would have worked with with uh, Stephanie if they'd gone with the original plan. Um, you know, and uh, I love I, even from, you know, when it was on TV, I loved uh, their version of the Martian Manhunter. Oh, one of the best characters. Yeah. He's, he's great. It's just and. um you know, we're so used to seeing him almost all the time in his Martian form or like the Mar- the semi, you know, uh, Martian form uh, where he's green and in the blue trunks and whatever. Um, but with Smallville, we had to get used to seeing him as a human and as that detective. And um, it's a it's a great depiction of that character and it's more relatable. And um, I like it because of that. And he loves Oreos. They have they have a great dynamic between the two between Batman and John Jones. They're, I mean, they're both very similar in many ways, but also very very different. So they 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 have that camaraderie of being both, both detectives and thinking in a certain way similarly. But then at the end of the day, you know, you know, they're very different people, and they, so they clash a bit too. I like that a lot. It's a great. I love this team. They should they should totally. And it's Brian Q. Miller who it's Brian Q. Miller. Yeah, that was that was fantastic. I was like I got I, I need more Brian Q. Miller in my life. Um, I think he writes some of the best like fun superhero comics. You need to be going um, back and reading these Smallville stories, Paul. Yeah, I, I definitely want to, but I, I I also want him to be doing other more you know mainstream sure. stuff, like or I mean prominent stuff. That's like, well, they're bringing in Wonder Woman next. They're, they're doing all the stuff they couldn't do on the show. So yeah. Wonder Woman comes next. I would I would also be happy with just a uh, John Jones solo book um, where he hangs out with his neighbors and <laughs> teaches the kid how to be polite to his mom. Um, that was just great. All right, and uh, last up, I wanted to talk about give some love to uh, The Last of Us, American Dreams, number two by Faith Aaron Hicks. She co-wrote the story and is doing the art. It's really good. Um, this is a tie-in to The Last of Us video game coming out for uh, the PlayStation 3. I'm very excited about it. They're the guys that made uh, Naughty Dog. They're the guys that made uh, the Uncharted games, and I'm a big fan of those, and I'm very much looking forward to this in sort of a post-apocalyptic story. But it's um, it's drawn not in the style that we're used to for a post-apocalyptic story. Um it's uh, it's I'm not, I don't want to say it's lighter, but um, it's it makes sense for it to be an adolescent girl uh, roaming through malls in the, in the post apocalypse. So, um, but it's very good. The, the art is great. The story is very good, and it's a great way to do, you know, that that video game tie-in. It's like a prequel, and it gives you information about the uh, about the character that is going to be, you know, your counterpart uh, running through this this game coming up. And uh, so I like that a lot. And uh, it's coming out from Dark Horse, so everybody should check that out. Good. So those are the books we wanted to talk about this week. We're going to give Josh a second to towel himself off. I'm talk- I'm moist. <laughs> talk about the top five picks of the week as chosen by the users. You can go to fanboy.com slash comics. You can make your pull list every week. You can rate and review books. You can also choose your own pick of the week. And we like to run down the top five picks as chosen by the audience. Number five, New Avengers, number six with 3.8% of the votes. Number four, Nuevo of- Avengers, numero cinco. Adventures of Superman, number one, 4.7%. Number cuatro, Adventures of Superman. Number three, Fury Max 12, 6.5% of the votes. I don't know. I can't. You Furious ran, you ran Maximus. Out. Number two, X-Men <laughs> number one, 
18.2% of the votes. And number one, The Wake, number one with 48.4% of the votes. More like the first Scott Snyder book. All right. That's, yeah. That's good, though. Let's take a look at some user reviews. You can write some reviews on the site. Uh, Small but Dangerous Frogman. Which is awesome. Which is amazing. There's underscores in there. Said, of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, number 22, story 4 out of 5, art 5 out of 5, pick of the week percentage, 0.7%. City at War is probably the best arc of the classic Ninja Turtles comic, and now IDW has started off a great version with its own City Fall. After a disappointing filler issue, this one kicks it off right with Casey Jones and Raphael battling the Foot Clan before Casey is captured and hauled away. This leads to a great battle in which all four turtles get their time to shine, and we finally get to see the Shredder at his most evil. Extra credit for the fantastic artwork from the same artist as the phenomenal Secret History of the Foot miniseries. This is one of the best issues of what has been a seriously underrated version of the Turtles. They're really serious with this mythology in this book. It's, 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 I'm actually very impressed. Um, you, I've read. Are you, are you reading? This? I've 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 read um, a handful of issues. I don't read it religiously, but I've picked it up when it looks kind of interesting. And I've read some of the sort of like the character centric ones, the little like micro series books. And I'm just very impressed at like how quickly they've built up. It's sort of like Valiant, where they've built up this continuity very quickly, and it's very tight, and it's not as messy as other places. Let's say. <laughs> Time. Let them do it for 40 years and see what happens. Yeah. Shocking. I feel like you have to be a special kind of Turtles fan for that. Like, I, I, like I liked it, but I, I, don't, I don't... You're a casual, I, you're a fair-weather Turtle I know, fan. I just, I was, and now... He was like, a fan when he was 13. Yeah, basically. Like, and, and when I see it, a little, a little flag pops up in my head, and I go, oh, and then I go, I don't, I don't really care, though. You know? Uh, you know, but I'm glad it's good. I've heard that very much. Uh, it's like those Transformers books. Yeah. And those were good. Like but, that it's there. <laughs> but I can read I can read the G.I. Joe books. So there you go. Um, okay. uh, no no judgment. No judgment. Uh, Vumbo, uh, which is fun to say, said if Wolverine and the X-Men number 30 give the story a 3 out of 5 and the art a 3 out of 5, pick the percentage is 0. Wolverine and the X-Men continues the recent trend in comics of convincing me that Jason Aaron can write literally any character. He has the voice down for every single character in this book, and it's kind of incredible from Kitty to Quentin. All the way that to that crazy space zoologist guy, it each, with each and every character sounds unique and interesting. But that sort of goes without saying. Of course, Jason Aaron is writing a good comic book, and that's kind of his thing. Uh, the art on this issue is well, it arcs throughout the wait. It certainly isn't. It certainly isn't bad by any means, but I think I've been spoiled by this book having Bachelo, Bradshaw, and Perez doing doing arcs throughout the run. While this art wasn't bad, it just wasn't stunning. Now I'm no one. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I believe that there are three artists listed, and I'm not sure why there were how many pencilers or how many were inkers. But multiples of either one usually does not bode well, particularly art if the art is quote just okay. I believe it was one penciler and two inkers. I believe so. Yes, it was um Pasquale Fer- Ferry. That's fair. It, you know, like he, he's he's just it's it's the, the art's fine. It's just compared to the really amazing, you know, like you had superstar level guys on there for a long time. So when you come down to a guy who's just very good, you get the you get the stubby ear Wolverine though. I kind of I can do that. Well, I mean, yeah. we get that from the other artists too, but that seems to be the the model for this book. But. Most of me wants to not be interested in the things that are happening in this book, but I keep coming back and reading more of it. There's a brood on a leash. Yeah, see, that's the kind of thing that I don't care about generally, but I don't know. It's uh, novel enough to me right now that I'm just like, well, I'm just going to keep going with this for a little bit longer. 
but he's you know he makes a really good point about all those character voices and if and that that's that's true across the line of everything that Aaron does. That's a really good point I hadn't thought of. Incredibly versatile, and I don't know how he does it. Yeah, Storm's mohawk's out of control in this. That's the way it I should mean, be. It looks like hair that she just didn't cut the sides, whereas it looks like a mohawk on the other one. If you're anyway. going to go for a mohawk, do it that way. So, okay, let's say, for example, that you do want to go for a mohawk and you need supplies. What would you do about that? Where would you go? What's the first place? Connor, what's the first place you would check? Uh, um, Amazon? Exactly. You can go to Amazon.com. And you can, you can get there through our link at ifanboy.com slash ifanboy for your Mohawk supplies. You just want to try it out. Maybe you need, you know, to, to get a wig. I bet they have those too because they have flipping you're gonna, everything. You're going to fuck up the first time. Yeah. Oh, you're yeah. You're going to need the wig. We go international black Mohawk wig, pack of two, $12.99. There you go. Also, uh, you might want to get a hat. You get a book, uh, Mohawk by Richard Russo. Um, you can learn about the Indians. It's uh, a the fiber Mohawk. optic Mohawk. Whoa. Yeah, Only two twenty five. There's a whole lot of like... stuff. So you're thinking, you're thinking. Well, I don't need any more books. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff, is what I'm saying. And, uh, floor care essentials, hardwood and laminate floor, floor cleaner. That might be different. Yeah, you might not need that for your hair. Drums along the Mohawk, starring Claudette Colbert, Henry Fonda, Edna May <laughs> Oliver, at all. Josh, you get a bike helmet with a Mohawk. I'm, on just, I'm looking at that right now. Yeah, I think it's they only make awesome. those for children. <laughs> Damn, because it's kind of awesome. I've seen them, and, and I, I, you know, but I would get it from there, and I would get it to me in two days, which would be awesome. So what we're saying is— Are you get uh, a mohawk for your dog. My, he's short-haired. It would New have to York be dog mohawk hooded sweater. It's 96 degrees. That's the shape of your dog. <laughs> Josh, where can I get it? Amazon.com. Go to iFemore.com slash Amazon. Click through that link there, and that, uh, that will give us a little piece of the stuff that you, that you do get um, if you do. And, and we appreciate it when you do that. Thank you very much. Let's get the audience involved with a couple of emails and voicemails. Chris from Birmingham, New York, writes and says, I was wondering which superhero's personalities best characterizes each of you. Are you a bohahaha blue beetle or a brooding daredevil? And please don't answer for yourselves. Have the other two pick a superhero or villain with a personality they say best exemplifies you. Mm. Wow, that, he really threw it at the end there. I was like, Here, I can talk about thing. myself. Ugh. They they like to sow the seeds of discontent amongst us. They, they do. really do like it, which I give you know I don't I don't blame them for that. No, just, this is this has the potential to be disastrous. Is That's what I'm real life drama. I would yeah. go. Josh is like Steve Rogers because he has dad issues. <laughs> <laughs> just going from context clues from this episode. Here's, you know what though? You know the part where Steve Rogers says, "Just stand up," and then he does. I go. Lay down. You know, it's not <laughs> you know, so bad co- laying here. <laughs> the floor's comfortable. <laughs> is there is there a, a way that I can make a joke instead of doing a real thing or facing any of these issues? That's really my thing. <laughs> to like Who's plastic man. Uh, <laughs> it's like you don't know me at all. Okay. <laughs> it's hard. What is Paul? Paul is... I was trying to think of it before when I spied the email question. Like, like, like Superman, right? Like, yeah, defender more, of you know, you know, truth and justice, and like more like like Bluto. Blue, what? But you like you know you got your things. You like them from Popeye? Yeah, not Bluto. Um, the other one. Uh, I've, I don't know where you're going with this. I don't know either. 
What do you mean the? Wait, no, I want to know who you meant. Who did the, guy, you... the other guy in Popeye? He likes the burgers. Wimpy. Wimpy. You like? You know, he likes those burgers. I like, like you burgers. Like, you like burgers. You like your things. I like. Right? I do like my things. Yeah. Connor, you're like Amanda Waller. <laughs> Fat Amanda Waller or, or thin Amanda Waller. Depends the, Relevant. It depends on when you. When, what time? I've known both versions. <laughs> um, this is tough. There's no like, he, uh, Paul Kinsey, but he's not a comic character. That's mohair. Uh, I'm just. I have. To, it's it's too big a world. So what I do is I try to pick out a team. So now I'm just. I'm shuffling through Avengers. We could do Mad Men characters much easier. Oh yeah, yeah. I think we've Josh, done that. I think we've done Mad Men and we've done West Wing characters. Josh has a little bit of Roger in him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, because well, that would be giving away from the last episode, so I can't do this that. This is the time, yeah, when you had uh, that heart attack under. Uh, it's the time you were riding those girls around like a horse. Yeah. yeah. Um, ugh, let's just go with what we picked because I, I, I'm drawing a blank. We're running long. Okay. So uh, the next uh, question is from a guy in North Carolina. Hi, this is Andy from Charlotte, North Carolina, and I just wanted to call to thank you all for your conversation about who is Shazam last week because it ended up helping me talk to my son. Uh, he's grown about a foot and 50 pounds in the last two years, and somehow he doesn't know how to deal with it. And so I've talked to him about how he needs to treat it as a gift. And I, of course, brought up, you know, Billy Batson just saying the magic word, and suddenly he's in the super powerful body, and how he has to not go crazy with it. He has to treat it as a gift and a responsibility. And I know that sounds silly and that sounds lame, uh, but I just wanted to thank you for that. I'm a teacher in North Carolina, so I often use comic book things, but I never thought I'd be using them in my own family. Uh, be well. It's not so much a question, but an interesting thing to think about, isn't it? And it's also not lame at all, I should say. No, I no, no. Is, you know, it was really nice. We, we tend to not play stuff like that very often, but uh, what it reminded me of, A, you can hear a father there who was like, it's hard to be a father, and he was like, okay, this is helping. And 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 B, it I it gets to when I was listening to it, it gets to the things that these comic books, you know, the superhero books and things kind of were supposed to be about originally. Yeah. And it's sort of making the things in real life into these big simple concepts that people can use to grasp onto. Uh and they're universal and they're timeless and they're you know and they were for kids. Um, you know, which None of that. None of that's a bad thing. Wait, wait. Are you saying comics weren't meant to be picked apart on Twitter? Well, this is what I'm getting at. Like, there's the how we look at comic books now and what they originally were, and mm-hmm. it's sometimes very, very nice to get back to the simple things, which I think is why, you know, we were all like that. Adventures of Superman was great. Yeah. Well, I mean, you it, know, you look, you look at like Superman was, you know, it's, it's the immigrant story and um, being an outsider in, in in some senses, and then. You know, like Flash was all just about like, you know, solving science problems. But um, and it's gotten much more, you know, muddy and, and complicated over the years. And we've tried to deconstruct them and stuff. And, th- and that that's that has merit. That has a lot of merit. And great stories have been told that way. It's but, fun. But yeah, and it is fun. And but it's also it's kind of I mean, it's heartening to to hear the story and think about um, it help it helping 
with communication between family members. And I mean, I have that with, I mean, my dad, like we don't have a whole lot in common, but um, we have these Marvel superhero movies in common and we always go see those. And he asked me about them and, you know, what, like for like, you know, what, what else, what are the characters up to now? You know, um, you know, what are, what are their storylines? And, and then I like, try to explain and many drifts uh, off and yeah. we drive <laughs> into a ditch. Um, no, but, um, but, but there's like with this, most recent Iron Man movie, I mean, talking about um, Iron Man as the mechanic, that really, that really got me, um, like, especially because, because my dad's a mechanic and um, the, the root of that and the, the virtue of being a mechanic and, and fixing things, um, that's, I like to think about my dad in that light. And, and that's something that I really admire about him. So that's, that's a way that superheroes are, are a metaphor that, that, Helps me to I don't know relate to. Well, it's, it's it's as as often with many things when you take something that was meant for kids and you inject kids back into them, uh, you are reminded of what they're supposed to be. Yeah, you know, we adults especially now tend to hold on to the things that they loved as kids and and then pick them apart maniacally because they're not exactly the way you remember them. They they were, um, but then you hand it to a kid or have a kid watch or do whatever it is you're t- you know whatever it is and you remember oh this is supposed to be fun entertainment thing that helps you learn about life or or enjoy your you know 30 minutes or whatever it's supposed to do you know context gives you context this is this is supposed to be fun yeah which is why it's kind of sad that there isn't really like a for kids you know shazam book right now because that is such a great book for a kid you know just just in the way he like he was using it as a as a teaching tool as an inspirational thing um because that they're not really using the character that way right now so does his kid have superpowers? Is that what he was getting at? You should check the. Uh, you should set up like a news a Google alert for news unexpected news out of the Charlotte, North Carolina area. I mean, I'm just you know because that makes your job as a parent all the more important. Yeah, because <laughs> you can you can really futz that up. That's another thing I learned from comic books. <laughs> Although I mean, then again, Captain America apparently had a piece of shit father, and it worked out for him okay. He's a great mom though. Yeah, yeah, you know. Can't have both. And I like that. I like that they're playing that up. It, I mean, at least from what we've seen of Man of Steel, it looks like they're playing up the the, the parental stuff and and like that family thing. And you are my son. That kind, that kind of thing. So um, you have to. You can't that's at the core of it. And I mean, you uh, plus they got that. Uh, plus he's got that baseball field where Shoeless Joe plays. So that's nice. <laughs> you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com. You can call our voice my line at. One eight 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 fanboys, which is three two six two six nine seven, for all your questions. It doesn't have to be about father and son issues, although, you know, it can be. Not like next week, though. No, let's give, give Josh a week off. Come on. And next week we'll talk. Just about mentioning Field of Dreams makes me want to watch Goodfellas. That's what <laughs> just happened in my head. Josh, tell us about your show. Uh make comics. There's gonna. There's. There's gonna, there isn't one now, but there will be one soon, and then there will be a thing that we will talk about. Okay. How about so, that? I actually thought you were talking about Josh's new uh, syndicated talk show that's replacing the Jeff Probe show, where he talks about family issues. Oh, totally. I will give you advice. I will, uh, you know, how do you, how do you work the internet in today's day? How, you know, how do, you, how do you deal with the internet with, with your kids today? There's no blueprint for this. He's gonna do it all wearing uh, denim shirts. And um, I would pants. die in a denim shirt. Cargo pants. <laughs> and there's really? always a donut segment in the last five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Think of different. it as the circle of life. <laughs> That's the name of the show. <laughs> wow. 
Yeah. Uh, we also did a bunch of other shows in the last month. We've mentioned before Iron Man 3, Superman Unbound, Star Trek in the Darkness, perhaps our most controversial show since X-Men The Last Stand. Uh, you can check those out. And then in the meantime, you can wait with uh, uh, bated breath for Superman in the Man of Steel show, which is going to be out in a few weeks once the movie hits, which we're all very excited for. Which for many reasons I'm hoping will be not controversial at all. <laughs> That's going to be a fun one. <laughs> There's many, many reasons why I hope that. It would be so, but see, the thing is, it would be so much fun to just say, that was great. That was a lot of fun. That would be good. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's not, that's not when it gets good. <laughs> you know? Some people didn't like the Star Trek show, huh? They're wrong. Where have you been? No, I just I didn't read the comments because I didn't read it at the time. I just listened to it a few days not, ago. Not reading the comments is a, is a good policy. Paul, tell us about Talksplodes. Talksplodes uh, just had one with uh, Glenn Weldon, the author of Superman, the unauthorized biography, and uh, that is a whole lot of fun. Um, I bet you didn't know Superman had a Broadway musical, unless you already listened to the podcast or, or unless you were old. read the book or were there or you saw it on TV or saw it on the Look Up in the Sky documentary. But we talk about that stuff and more and um, what Superman sort of means. And um, that's another example of, of you know Superman and how we view him and – um, how that has shaped what the character has gone on to become. And, Can I tell uh, you that that listening to this show prior to reading that 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 Superman issue this this week, I think it made a difference. Re- I'm saying that as an unbiased uh, third party. Here. That's a a very non-committal comment. I really it I made really a difference. This sh- no, it <laughs> well, made, he, he I really enjoyed the enjoyed issue, it. and he's not a Superman fan. Oh, sure. okay, yeah. all right. No, I I really enjoyed the perspective that you of the conversation you two had about Superman. I I was. I was super into that show. And, I mean, uh, I'm a I'm a big Superman fan, but but talking to Glenn, I mean, he knows all that stuff, and he did all the you know all that research, and he did the legwork, and has a <laughs> you, you just showed up and talked. I just showed up. I was like, I, I like him, but then like I felt like I was really not you know carrying the weight there because like he he has he has that character down. Um, so that was a lot of fun to talk to him, and he's going to be doing another book about geek culture and and Batman as a entry point into that and why. Batman is to blame for uh, all of us being nerds. I think that's it. I don't know if you would agree with that, but that's what it sounds like to me. And I'm looking forward to it. You can find all that at ifanboy.com along with Paul's Pick of the Week review. And then this week you can find my Book of the Month review for June, which uh, will star a familiar character. Uh, you can find also all the great comic book discussion, the news, the movie discussion, you know, movie stills, all kinds of things happening at ifanboy.com. You can go to slash about for our staff list. You can find our social network links to be our friends online. And follow all the action at twitter.com slash ifanboy at facebook.com slash ifanboy. Uh, you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com or leave a voicemail at 1-888-FANBOYS. That's 326-2697 with any questions, comments, concerns, discussion topics, etc. You can email me, paul at ifanboy.com, if you want to talk about those trial experiments I wanted to do. <laughs> Um, do you have all of your shots? That's what I need to know. Um, and do you like grapes? So let me know. Grapes. I think that an ongoing eugenics gag <laughs> Could get us is, in big going, trouble. is going to ultimately be a really bad thing. And yet, I can't help but walk face first into it. <laughs> the iFanboy story. Yeah. <laughs> Part of that problem is your depth perception. And we can work on that. By looking at some of the other animals in the animal go ahead. You know what the thing has happened is we've had a dual problem. One is that the heat makes us all slow. Or you two. Two is ever since that email, I've been thinking about this in the back of my head and have been able unable to pay attention. The 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 which character thing? Yes. 
I'm having I'm having the same the same problem. I feel like we need to come back with actual answers on this. But then the question is, do we give real answers or do we give real an- or fake answers? Well, because there's two. If, there's there's if the history is an indication. It's fake. Yeah, I mean it have to be like this is. I can't I can't let people know what I really think of you. <laughs> Either of you. Paul is Damian Wayne. <laughs> There's positive. There's ups to that. He's like Jason Todd. He's constantly <laughs> trying to live up to something, a shadow that he can't. He's not. That's not what he's doing. I think Paul passed the, out from the heat. It's really hot. So anyway, if you like this show and you want to write a review on iTunes, <laughs> do that uh, for any of them. Or uh, just uh, help get the word out there uh, among people, either talking to people in real in real time or or on the Internet, passing links around and things like that. Um, that's always really helpful to us. So thank you for that. Uh, something, something, your mom. <laughs> wow. And is Paul dead? So should we just end the show? No, I'm on Wikipedia. I'm, I'm, there's, they're doing some really interesting things. In, he literally um, Googled superheroes like. <laughs> no, they're doing like some me. interesting things with, with, with uh, Gila monsters and regulating body temperature. And, um, wow. All right. Into that. I'm so sure you get most week. of the stuff you need from Amazon. Yeah, until next week, uh, I'm Connor. I'm Paul. Deepest blue is my hand is like a shark fin. Deepest blue is my hand is like a shark fin. Deepest blue is my hand is like a shark fin.